0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Who Move My Back In. I am your host, That Girl's Hemi, on Instagram and Twitter. Today I am joined by Keisha, the founder of Imagine Me Stories subscription box. Imagine Me Stories is a monthly subscription box that aims to inspire and empower by providing quality Black children's literature and fun activities. Each month, your child will receive specially chosen top quality literature featuring black main characters plus empowering activities to educate them on black history and culture. As you know, I have a subscription box, Melody box. So this conversation was very important for me to have with Keisha because she is filling up vans each month with her boxes. I wanted to sit down and speak to a successful woman in the same industry as me, find out how she did it, and how she's navigating change in her business and in her personal life. So, I hope you enjoy the episode. I didn't advertise it as well as I probably should have because I didn't get much return from like the Facebook ads.
1: Mm, it takes That's- a while to find your audience. Um, yeah, just there's so much testing involved with Facebook to finally get it right. And the problem with Facebook is you're testing, but it's your money that you're using to test. Literally, like, I'm... Facebook isn't going to be like, oh, she's testing. She just like, you know what? Just have it on us. No. No. (laughs) This is the problem. But the thing is, when you get it right, it can be so beautiful. But the journey to to get it... And then even when you get it right, it's not like, oh, it's done now. It still changes because there's so many other forces out there but i think you did very well
0: the other day you posted something that you were experiencing some problems with um with the shipping delays right oh my gosh
1: well mail they're trying to give me hypertension but i said
0: no <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i, I refuse this hypertension <laughs> i will stay calm at all costs royal mail oh my god the thing is i love royal mail i will never um I'll never diss them and to yeah. be sure they're they're, they're they're given the circumstances you know i think they're doing really well but the customers do they hear that <laughs> they don't care I think they're just struggling with covid with just increased demand because people are at home um they're i think they're struggling but it is what it is. Like every every month, I think, oh, this month I'm going to switch to another courier. And then I look at all the other couriers, and to be honest, nobody is, no, no one's any better. They're just more no. expensive. That's it. I, <laughs> Come,
0: that's I, awesome. I, I, tr- I tried before because I also have a different brand. I have a skincare company, and I, I was using Royal Mail for a bit, and I was like, let me look at like the courier. So I looked at Hermes. And I was like, oh, they're much cheaper. I think they're like about fifty p cheaper than Royal Mail. And I was like, okay, let me try them. So I shipped, I think I shipped like three um, um, orders in one week and they all broke in transit. All of them. Like what are the chances for all of them to break? That's ridiculous. And I padded them, like, I padded them. And, and in, the them. Group,
1: in the group, you always get people saying, do not go with Hermes. They're always horror stories. Like, in spite of that, I do try Hermes every now and then. So, like, <laughs> a lot of deliveries, or if I need something with tracking. And then yeah. I pray a lot before the delivery goes out. Like, <laughs> Father Lord, please. I don't want to hear any stories. Um, and so far, I haven't had too many bad experiences yeah Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't use them as my main supply I don't know there's just too much um, too many horror stories to ignore
0: but I think for for your for your boxes you probably could because they're not breakable
1: I know but it's things like I mean they're not breakable but you could still like mess up the box oh yeah I I, even with royal mail I, I get some random issues like last month somebody sent me a picture of her box my so my box goes out as is it's like it's made of you know, cardboard, just like your typical mailing yeah. books. But her books, for whatever reason, somebody had wrapped it in um, a plastic bag, and plastic then half bag. Of the bag. Yeah, and then half of the bag was full of water. And I was just thinking, what is this? I first I thought she was playing a joke on me. <laughs> I was like, am I being pranked? Is this what? Is this what they delivered to you? I'm like, how did the postman even add this to you? Did the water in it look? Is, is it a goldfish? So yeah. <laughs> seriously so there, are, there are ways to damage whatever it is you're sending even if it's not fragile that's um, true because
0: i've had parcels that sellotaped in fragile tape and the guy the parcel yeah, office said to real me real. oh yeah there's no point <laughs> trust yeah. me they don't care they're still gonna throw it well
1: i mean on the whole i mean i've been using royal mail for um this is coming up to it's over two years now because i had the subscription box before this one oh yeah um and it's only lately I've started having a lot of issues. And I don't know whether it's because um, I've now increased, I'm just sending to the, the volume, I'm just sending it to a lot more people. It mm, might be that. Yeah. Yeah. Or it could just be that they're struggling um, with everything that's going on. Um, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. I don't really want to lose Royal Mail because I feel like with Royal Mail, everybody understands, everybody. Ha- Everybody has a relationship with their postman or post lady. Yeah. So they're more forgiving when there are issues. You could say things like, Oh, you know, go and check your local delivery office, maybe they're of there's a more personal relationship. So yeah. When there's things like RMS or, or DHL or D P D people, their backs are already up. I don't know <laughs> yeah, why. They don't be- <laughs> well they've been through a lot. They know yeah, what they put been us been through it. a lot. So the people like are angry, so <laughs> so, so it's like I just want it now, but with Royal Mill I feel like my customers, you know, give me a bit. Yeah, they give me a bit more leeway. So yeah. I'm with Royal milk for now, and they're they're still the cheapest for under two kilos. They're still the cheapest. They hold your hand. I don't know if you've set up a business account, um, but in the past, pre-COVID, like when I set up my business account, they the guy came to my house and set it up on my laptop for me.
0: Oh and really? They called
1: me like five different times to say how are you doing? Are you okay? And then if they notice it's like you know like you haven't ordered in a while, they'll call you. Is everything okay? Do you still need help? Like they're just they're really hands on. Oh really okay. So from a customer service perspective, considering the fact that they're not even private, I would say they're really doing well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, we just have to be patient with them right
0: now. We do, we do have to be patient because I was surprised that my boxes are arriving this week. I was thinking, did people get them and they hate them? Is that why it's been like <laughs> radio silence?
1: Yeah, honestly, yeah, there's definitely a lot of delays. Um, I'm just really worried about Christmas. I, I, I think I'm gonna have to bump up my delivery this this month to attract because normally i just use the normal royal 48 that has a delivery notification i think if i do it attract and just pray that they get it on time
0: so what was the subscription box you had before this one
1: oh very random it's a chihuahua box chihuahua like like the dog Literally, dog chihuahua yeah inside of a chihuahua box because i was really nervous about setting up this particular box um because I don't know, I've never really been like an advocate for like race issues and and things like that. It's not been, it's, it's, yeah, it's just not, I guess I mean, growing up in Nigeria, I came, I was already like fully grown when I came here.
2: Okay.
1: So um, obviously I was aware that there was systemic racism, but it, um, it wasn't um, overtly, oh, I don't know, it wasn't, it, it, yeah, it wasn't my... Area of focus. It was it wasn't until I had my daughter that I started to be more aware of the impact it actually has on you, especially yeah. if you grew up under that kind of system. Um, and then I started feeling the urge to change that, you know, through making um, diverse children's books more accessible. But um I was scared. I was just scared of like how people receive me, you know, how people receive a business that's just focused on sending out books that have black main characters. How will I explain that? And I don't know, I just felt I, I was thinking, you know, when you start to overthink, I was just feeling the pressure and the weight of the responsibility. And yeah. I thought oh, no, I can't do this. Let me just do something completely different. So you and
0: had I, this idea way before you I, even I've had it
1: for a long time and I just kept talking myself. Um out of it because i was really nervous yeah um and I, and that's how i started the chihuahua business so was it like yeah, a,
0: I, a chihuahua. <laughs> I was gonna ask you why chihuahua
1: so <laughs> I, just, I just literally did research like what hasn't been done what are the most popular categories you know how let me at least learn about this because I, I knew i did want to go into subscriptions I actually wanted to do one. Um, I originally wanted to do something um, to do it like black women. I wanted to do like a discovery box for yeah. brands yeah, um, and just make sure that the businesses in there are black owned, but obviously anybody, it's not specifically targeted at black women. That's what I wanted to do. And then I discovered that somebody else had done something. So I talked myself out of that. I should have probably continued because now I don't know. I think they ran for six months and then, so yeah, I talked myself out of that as well. Um and so I went into the Chihuahua. Nobody was doing the Chihuahua thing. It was a safe space because no no but I don't even know people who own dogs. So I was like, I can just go into this area, and if I fail, at least I will fail in. No one (laughs) knows. Nobody will know. (laughs) Any people that would know would be dog owners outside, but they 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 have no idea who I am, so it's okay. I don't. It was weird. In my head, it made sense, Um, and I and I and it was fun. Like because it's not because if I if I could have a dog, I would definitely get a chihuahua. Okay, so that's that's why you
0: were drawn to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I've always loved dogs. I've just never. Life has my life has not gone down the having a dog route. <laughs> There's no space for a dog, but, yeah. so I kind of lived out my dog fantasy vicariously Right. the box. Um, and I went wild with it. Like, and I'm still doing it to this day. Random. <laughs> in the <laughs> background? I'm all, yeah. I still, the people who subscribed when I first launched, they're still with me today. They went This is our, our third Christmas together. Honestly, the the website is still up. I don't advertise. I don't do anything because I'm just trying to keep it as low-key as possible. And I'm hoping that eventually everybody just cancels so I can call it a day. But I've been in it for so long now that I feel like... um, I feel responsible to to my subscribers. Like, I can't just all of a sudden... Like, what would they do? Like It's so important to them to get their boxes, honestly. So... And and nobody else is doing this. So like I can't the only way I can stop is if I give it to somebody else. So until I'm um, is please, it
0: my chihuahua.com.
1: My chihuahua box.
0: My chihuahua I'm on it right now. Um that's it. Everyone that's listening, go and subscribe right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> please do not do that like it's crazy it's crazy but like, like they're the nicest people the nicest subscribers i've ever had in my life like yeah. they're just lovely general people i know i know like, i think half of them i know their chihuahuas names oh wow um like honestly it's like we formed this time it is so random i don't have a chihuahua but every month you know i go out i'm like oh what socks would they like i get them socks i get them bow ties oh that's so little cute bandanas, little cute outfits and something yeah like that. sorry i'm going off tangent
0: but um (laughs) so that's (laughs) if you have a chihuahua make sure you subscribe to my (laughs) (laughs) chihuahuabox.com.
1: that's how i started this subscription game but you know after a while like i think five or six months into i'm thinking okay this is all well and good and as fun as this is let's be real (laughs) yeah (laughs) my true passion is you know let's try and make a change in um, children's literature like yeah. it shouldn't be I think when was when did I launch 2019 like 2019 and we're still struggling to see books with black characters for our yeah. kids yeah um, it's a bit you know ridiculous and I was like I have the skills I know how to run a subscription mm-hmm. let me do it and and honestly I did when I did the figures I was like okay this is even gonna make money <laughs> so in my mind it was like a passion project um let let me do this and then you know eventually i had i had no idea it would even get to this level of success Mm. It, it, every month i'm just amazed (laughs) um but it just shows how much we need this i mean it's sad but i guess that's where we are yeah, um, But hopefully in the next 10, 20 years, it won't even be an, an option. Our children's generation, the next generation, will be like, oh, I can't believe there weren't black characters in cartoons on TV. I'll be like, oh, there were not. There weren't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the of the past. So you said you grew up in Nigeria. How old were you when you came here? So I kind of dipped in and out. I was yeah. actually born here. Yeah. Then moved back to Nigeria when I was about three. I was there till I was like seven. Came back right. here so, for like two years and then i spent from like when i was eight to um 21 mm. i was in nigeria i did all my education there okay uh, and then at 21 i came here to do my master's it was only supposed to be like a, an 18 month program but i loved the taste of independence so much oh yes and over here I <laughs> could do it myself i could rent my own apartment I ended up buying a flat. It was just so sweet, yeah. <laughs> to just you know do your own thing. So I never ended up going back. I just you just made that phone call. You're like, yeah, I'm not coming back. My bye. <laughs> um. So yes, I've been I've been in the UK ever since. So I was just looking for a phone call. So I wouldn't be so <laughs> <to> obvious. <that. laughs> it looks nice on my Z <laughs> let's do that have i actually used it did i post your career in marketing not really oh okay
0: <laughs> so it was it was a way to set you up for where you are now basically
1: yeah i guess so because I, I mean i do a lot of what you do as a business owner it has to do with marketing and promotional stuff so yeah i guess it was useful um yeah I'm happy it was more for the experience to be honest when I think about think back on my degree and then my master's I can't really remember the technical aspects of what I was taught (laughs) yeah yeah it's more the I guess more the discipline of um, undergoing a course and you know revising even when it's not convenient and and all of that working towards the goal for me as opposed to the actual subject. I don't know whether my 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 tutors would be happy to hear this, but for me anyway, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the technical aspects, but I enjoyed the process. Yeah,
0: that's all it is to them. Because that's it's just like people tell you to go to uni for the experience. It, yeah,
1: it doesn't even really exactly. have to
0: be for the degree; just go for the experience. an that's,
1: that's experience. I think so. It's such a it's such a fun like life experience. Did you um, study over here or?
0: Yeah, so I was born in Zimbabwe, and I came here when I was 13. So I came in year nine.
1: Okay. Yeah. and have been here a while. 20 years. Wow. Yeah, so I came in 2000.
0: Wow. So yeah, 20 years. Oh. (laughs) And it still feels like, I don't know, it's it's quite weird, because I was thinking about this recently, (laughs) that even though I was 13 when I came here, I still have such a vivid memory. Of being mm. in Zimbabwe and some of the things I was taught when I was young, I still do them now.
1: I think the time of your childhood that you spend in a country really determines where you, I don't know, your formative years are kind of like up to 13, aren't they? I think by 22nd to 14, 15, 16, you're, you're already set in your ways. Yeah. In those first 13, 14 years, your location kind of like determines your outlook or the yeah, the direction of the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, when did you start doing the research for imaginary stories?
1: Um, so of course you
0: were running my chihuahua box. I'm gonna keep yeah. saying it throughout the whole episode so that people don't forget it.
1: <laughs> Please, don't good that i sign up? I'm go down Pause the, the site now. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so 2018, I started doing um, I started putting out feelers, um. And then doing the research, then it's beginning of 2019 was when I started my very long pre-launch process
2: um,
1: of like setting up my social media, then um, building up my email list because I didn't want to just launch um, and then start looking for subscribers. I wanted to kind of like launch to a a warm audience. Mm -hmm. Um, So I spent about five to six months actually just like building up an email list.
0: How are you um, doing that?
1: So at first, i just through social media. Okay. And then also while I, I started like testing out Facebook ads. Okay. Yeah. In pre-launch. Yeah. yeah. During the pre-launch, I looked at it like mathematics. How many subscribers do I want? A hundred. And then I worked as into launch. And I think I had that figure because I could get a good price on the books I wanted or something. I don't know. Actually, I wanted a hundred anyway. So working back from that, Um, how many emails do you need to convert to 100 paying people and um, the conversion rate just the industry conversion rate is something between 1.5% and 5% so I figured that I would need at least in the range of 2,000 emails so from the 2,000 emails if you then take that to Facebook ads how much is it costing you to get somebody to convert, go to your website and put it in their email address? Um, so I think I, it ended up being, when it started off, it was about 18p. It was, it was between 18p and 50p. So I just calculated, okay, if I have a budget of like a grand, um, let that just be my launch budget mm-hmm. um, so to get the emails to then, yeah. So that So yeah, and that's what I did. I think I got just under, just under 100 the first month. But by the next month, I was already in. That's good. Um, 100. I just thought I would just apply a, a more logical approach. I guess because I'd already done the Chihuahua Box thing. Just from the perspective of Chihuahua, it really depends on the industry you're in, and you're in and the books you're in. But it was really hard for me after launching a Chihuahua to then grow. I felt like it was easier to get them in while you when you just launched okay so then get them in the subsequent months mm. that was anyway that, that was my my feel anyway so I was like let me start with as many as possible and then try and build that way so yeah it kind of works I guess it, it depends on your budget yeah it depends on your niche there's some some people that just launched the word of mouth and then you see them they post to the group and they're like oh my first month 250 subscribers I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going wrong? Oh, how? How? <laughs> At the time I do anything, I just put one post on Instagram. Literally, I've been in that group for a while now. Yeah, yeah I can. Um, there, there's some industries that are just hot. It, it just it depends on so many things, so yeah. many things. But I think your niche is a is a a big thing. Things to do with babies, I think, are quite hot. Parents yeah, really want to buy. So I think if you have a subscription box that does that has to do with babies. I think you'll do well. Um, I'm sorry, when I say do I, anybody can do well in any niche. Your, your niche should be your passion. But I just mean niches that have less traction in terms of getting people to just sign up quick. I think babies is one. And um, sex boxes. There's a lady in one of the groups I'm in. So, so I mean like boxes that have like adult content. Or, yeah. Especially for women. There's a lady in our group that has... Um, I think she's got two thousand or three thousand subs. And she's really? never done any Facebook advertising. And I know this for a fact because on Facebook you cannot advertise adults. No, you can't. Know, yeah. So all she all she does is she posts. I mean, I literally followed her. I'm like, I want to do everything you're doing because <laughs> you're doing something. How are you getting so many? She she would come and complain like she, she has too many, she's tired. She can't cope. Jealous can't cope. It's I'm like, okay, no, give I'm it to me. Like, What's it's to okay? Let's swap. <laughs> yeah i'll cope (laughs) honestly i want this problem so and then after i just like i think it's the niche because somebody else is in that and also she's the only one who she's in australia and she's the only one that has it so exclusivity as well okay um helps being the first person to launch something that people haven't yeah and then things that have to do with well anyway women are the people who buy the most anyway but women buy if you're able to have a box that targets women successfully in their area of need i don't think you have a problem i know there are a lot of beauty boxes out there but if you just find a way of like standing out and getting exclusive products at a cheap rate i don't think you even need to advertise much but yeah
0: how did you manage to get your books at a cheap rate in in order for you to turn a profit
1: just basically um begging publishers <laughs> going there with this big sub story no there's not much representation I'm just here to make a have you seen the statistics help me help when I first started honestly that was it like loads of emails yeah and then I got um press coverage okay really quickly thank god so that helped so that was my email signature so when I would email them inquiring about the books that they, have. and also, I guess from a publisher's perspective, I don't know, it's just me thinking, um, if somebody's emailing you saying, oh, I'm interested in any books you have, which have black main characters, automatically, you want to show that you have books that have black main characters, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Because if you don't, then people will be like, oh, see, this is what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, and if the person's like, oh, well, you know, what can you do for me? I guess because it's such a, I guess it's something that they know they should be doing, but they're not doing. I guess that, that helps. I don't know. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I'm like, am I even getting a good rate? (laughs) Because there's nothing to really come. It's like, what is a good rate? Yeah. I don't really know. So I I only feel like I'm getting a good rate when they're absolutely like, no, we cannot do anything lower than this. Right. Because there's there's no benchmark. How do I know? Whether sixty percent off or fifty yeah. percent off is actually good. How do I know they're not giving somebody else ninety-five yeah. percent? Exactly, <laughs> wow. right? Um, I'm not really flexible with the titles. If I could go with like any title, then obviously they they would probably have some titles that they're they're yeah. trying to sell off. Yeah. Um, but because my titles are so specific, it has to have, you know, Batman characters, it has to be a children's book, it has to the out of all the books they have let's say they have a hundred books they probably only have like one or two anyway that fit that spec so the chances of those being the books are yeah um so that's (laughs) that's a problem I'm facing and this is why I said when I started off the business and I looked at the margins I'm like okay so this is obviously not something I'm doing um to (laughs) to become rich yeah it's really a, a passion project and I also wanted it to be affordable I didn't want yeah, I, want, I wanted as many people as possible to, to be able to access it.
0: Yeah. How did you, or do you manage to price your boxes? Because the box price is fixed every month. Mm. And the, but the book prices change depending on the book. You get books that are from $3.99 to $9.99, sometimes even more. Mm. How do you manage to make sure that you are giving value to your subscribers mm. but also making sure you're taking care of yourself
1: yeah so it's like a juggling act um and it, and it, it gets quite tedious but i just set myself a budget um so uh, and and the budget i i set is like per box so for instance my box is uh, imagine my box was 10 pounds a month i would mm. say um, i'm going to spend in order for me to to make a profit my costs can't be more than I don't know seven pounds or six pounds and out of that I can only spend three pounds on on the book so I know that that month um whatever combination of books I'm I'm including has to be three pounds so if I have one book that's 50p and one book that one book that's I don't know one pound 80 then you know then I know the what's left is for the third one so just I I have to juggle it so sometimes I have like a next like a an expensive title like a hardcover hardcovers are the worst because they're so expensive yeah um so if i have so if i'm featuring a hardcover then i will try and include like a a paperback that is you know um low price and then like a a medium one so that it all kind of works out um but yeah from a from a business perspective it's probably not ideal because I still include activities as well. and I spend so much time and effort on those activities. So if I was to actually cost those activities and the time it takes for me to put them together, probably wouldn't, you know, time-wise, probably not even making a profit. But yeah, it's a passion project. Um, This is the problem when you have the business owner being very involved and passionate in the business. Sometimes you need to take a step back yeah um, and yeah but for Look now the is where we're going <laughs> sorry this is where we are at the moment
0: your first month i i still think this is mind-blowing that your first month was a hundred subscribers
1: when i launched i was actually like heavily pregnant then oh um and then i so i launched in october and then i had my son in february so i so i launched with about a hundred yeah. um and then as I started to get deeper into <laughs> the pregnancy, I was just, it was very hard to keep up. So I, I stopped advertising. Um, so I kind of like stagnated. So by the time I uh, had my son and all of that, be, um, that was like six months later. a lot of the ones who had started or some, you know, cause I guess people stay on a subscription, maybe six, seven months. So I'd lost about 20 subscribers. So I'd gone down to 80. Okay.
2: Um,
1: and I was yeah, and I was just there, um, and then the whole thing happened with um, Black Lives Matter. Unfortunately, George Floyd was murdered, etc. And then my box got very um, mainstream, so it was no longer a thing that um, people within the black community were looking for. It now became a, um, a resource by which um, white people could use to diversify their libraries. So it was Good. a big shift um and that that really helped and then the the books just kind of like quadrupled (laughs) at that point yeah um so now it's at a manageable rate um so it's between like 400 and 500 yeah but it's okay for me It's, it's at a point where it's just barely doable by one person yeah I'm you're still managing
0: to fulfill 500 boxes a month by yourself
1: yeah this is what i'm saying so <laughs> by yourself I, yeah i can't i can't physically um continue at this rate so i'm now trying i'm trying my best to um get help and looking at how i can the best way to go about that yeah really. um so i can take it to the next stage because i'm i'm the one that's literally like holding the box back from growing like i i don't really advertise i think last time i advertised was four or five months ago i'm scared to i I get that but you can't be scared to scale i know but i i feel like in order to scale i don't i don't ever want to not do things well i want to be excellent in everything that concerns the books yeah and and it's still at a stage where what i believe people are getting excellent service, the quality is good, et cetera. If it gets to a stage where it's un- unmanageable, then you start to drop balls and then that's it true. affects the integrity of the business. So mm-hmm. as much as I'd love to have 10,000 subscribers, subscribers, if I don't have the means to deal with them, then I think that's unfair to the people who are subscribing. So so my aim for 2021 is to kind of build a team so I right. can start to outsource um some aspects of the business um so that it to make it easier for it to grow so i can just be focused on strategy and not so much the operational bits yeah um, because it is it is a grind and it is hard <laughs> there's no time of day that i'm very exhausted I bet. and i also open an online shop as yes. well so so i have to fulfill the orders of for the shop as well on a daily basis so it's a lot so
0: people are not able to buy the books without subscribing exactly. and they can just buy exactly. one book instead of getting like the
1: exactly pack. and that really helps me because I, I get a lot of people even my subscribers uh want to buy books you know maybe just as gifts for other people yeah or yeah so it really helps having the online um shop and it also helps financially as well but um, again that's just more um, pressure more stuff to do more boxes to fulfill yeah so i really hope next year that i'm able to i'm I'm the kind of person that likes doing everything myself um i need to i get that <laughs> learn to step back and just let someone else get on with it
0: <laughs> yeah i don't trust with that one i get you it's very hard to let go of the reins especially if you're passionate about something mm. but on some level we have to learn to trust and to delegate that and trust that it's going to be done.
1: Yeah. Otherwise the business will never be bigger than you. That's it'll, it. it'll be limited to you and your, your abilities and your your resources and your time. you only have twenty four hours. But if yeah. you have five people, that's you know, hundred and twenty you can whatever, do so much more hours. with it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um yeah, I need to enter into that next stage. <laughs>
0: So right now, do you work out inside
1: your house? Yeah, everything is done at home. Yeah.
0: So what does that, what does fulfillment day look like? Because when last month, when I had a few boxes, which is not even half of what you had when you started, my living room was just like filled with boxes and filled with stuff.
1: Yeah. When you get to your level, what does that look like when
0: you're packing? So when out? I
1: started, I used to pack it in my living room. Yeah. it was okay, I'll just put on the TV and everything it was okay you could I could comfortably fulfill like 180 to 100 boxes in the living room then as it got bigger then I moved to the kitchen we you've got a big kitchen yeah
2: um
1: so it, it it's so obviously it's no longer something that can just be done in a day now just to prepare to pack takes a day um actually it takes two days so like a day to like sort out all the excel sheets and you know everyone's orders and and convert it into like packing list that takes like a day on its own mm-hmm. and then bring out everything you need to put in the box because my boxes are quite complicated it's not a situation where everybody gets the same thing similar to you because you've got the different age ranges
2: yes. exactly
1: I've got so many different categories I, um, different people get different stickers because it's like as you move up you get something different each month and I like to reward um, subscribers that have been with me for a while so like every four months you get a every three months you get a gift so it's remembering who got what gift lost and who's due to get this gift next time so all of that makes it a bundle of fun um <laughs> so sorting all of that out before I can even start you know packing takes like two days and then the packing process now um takes depending on how interrupted I am it, it takes like two full days and then it's. And then Ready
0: it's to fun. go. Yeah. How do you how do you do it? I'm I'm, actually, I'm asking for myself because you have different ages and like you said you have different rewards. Do you do like an age group first, like a certain age group first, and then get that out of the way, and then do the next age group? Okay.
1: Yeah, exactly. So create joy. I don't know if you're with, with create joy. No, I'm with Subly. Oh, okay, yeah, I heard I've heard a lot of good things about Subly. Um I, mean, I, I would imagine they're quite similar anyway. I think yeah, I think so. Your data. But with Create Joy, it puts it into different categories by month, etc. for you. So so yeah, I do it by age group. So I try to do uh, I try to pack um in line with people who have similar content.
2: Mm.
1: Um it just makes it easier. So you're not thinking or resetting with each box. Mm. So, um, yeah, so, I, so first of all, I start by age. Then I break it down by month because each month they get a different thing. So I group all the months together and they're different. But then I, then I group it by gifts because... So that's gifts um, where people are giving others gifts. So sometimes of course, a gift yes. The gift, yeah. Sometimes they have um, gift messages and stuff like that. So I put that first... And then I group it by my gifts, where I'm the one giving <laughs> Nemi gifts. So those are grouped as well. And then I group it by notes, where somebody has said, oh, they don't want to receive this book, or they don't want to receive okay. that. So that group. So so that is in a... So it's all in a spreadsheet, and it's all, like, highlighted.
0: Do you have Royal Mail coming to your private yes, they
1: Yeah, we can't, we can't feasibly carry um all of them. No. Anymore. So yeah, they do you have it. them
0: um do you have to pay for them to be collected?
1: Yeah, I'm not at this stage yet. I think when you exceed how many is it? is it twelve thousand okay pounds or I can't remember. There's a particular amount when you exceed it, they will come and collect for free. Okay. Or if you send stuff tracts Royal Mail, which is something I'm considering um moving to if you if you use tracts then they just give you free daily collections. I don't know whether the daily collection can carry like a whole, I need to find out how many, whether it's just your regular postman coming with this sack and exactly. you're like, hey, these a time And he's like. <laughs> um, because with the the ad hoc, delivery, they actually come with a van um, depending on how many bags you have. But yeah, you, you can pay and um, certain services, you can get it free.
0: Yeah, and it's cheaper when you have business account i'm guessing there must be some kind of incentive although
1: um there's some services where it's actually the same as buying it online which i don't understand oh um (laughs) i'm very irritated to discover that um i'm like so what's the point yeah it really depends on the services where i'm not can be quite the back end of it can be quite complicated there's so many different codes but on the for the most part i would say it is it is cheaper um it's easier i think it's easier to manage having the business account as well Mm -hmm. um easier to just drop it off at the post office everything's already or or when they come and pick it up yeah i would recommend going with um with the business account and definitely for sending tracts Mm. it is cheaper
0: yeah. I usually do signed for. Well, I tend to do signed for. I've never actually done not done signed for because I'm always scared that if it gets lost, it'll be hard for me to claim it back from Royal Mail.
1: Mm, yeah, that's the thing.
0: That's always my biggest fear. And they're really good. One one of my products got lost or damaged and they were so quick to pay the compensation with it.
1: Really? So you quick. find didn't you find the the claims process quite arduous?
0: No, I literally went on their website and I claimed it back and in a few days the check came.
1: I guess because so you you went to the post office and you paid for something signed for right so you had yeah yeah because they I don't know why but they make it very complicated with the business um orders because obviously you're doing it in bulk so for instance let's say you you manifested you, you you paid for 200 deliveries that day they don't um break it so there's no way to find out how much you paid for each one they just do it all as one and then then they say oh give us the receipt for this particular one knowing that they don't even have that so (laughs) so it becomes very long and then they send you this complicated excel sheet to fill out to claim back it's just not it's not a delightful process so since i started my business account i've never even bothered claiming and then the service that i'm on now because it's so um cheap they don't even allow you to claim on it oh really no
0: um, (laughs) what if your product is is quite expensive you need to claim that back
1: because like um, when was it? it was in november that my boxes when i was in october that they went out and normally two days later i'll start to get you know people posting in their stories everything and it was silent and then i went to check the tracking and not one had been delivered and i was thinking did something go wrong did the you know did the van driver have an accident or the way to the delivery office and then i called them to say um you know what what recourse is available to me if something goes wrong and they said absolutely nothing that the service you're using we won't even investigate <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and you're thinking a whole truck full of my like, boxes I can't oh i was so stressed out but then thank god they started delivering the next day so yeah royal mail um <laughs> we love them but they do have they're not perfect they're yeah, not perfect yeah this is the thing but they're better than the other ones out there i think i think i think they are for this for under two kilos i think royal mail is still yeah still your best bet because the only competitor is is Hermes or Hermes and I, I, would, I, would the, I would not touch them with I would not touch them with a barge pole yeah I don't think the grass is greener with them
0: so <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> Devil you know. all right so what's next for Imagine Me Stories
1: um so apart from getting a team which I, I would be so excited and ecstatic to just have
0: and you I think you need I mean you have a large number of subscriptions right now and, and I know there's more people that you can reach with yeah. what you're doing. So, yeah, we need to get, you need to get those ads going. So you definitely need a team.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if I had a team, then I'd be able, I'd like to offer um, a tailored service to schools to help them to diversify their libraries. I haven't been able to do that effectively because I just, I'm, I'm, I'm time poor. I don't have enough time to dedicate to doing that um so that would be one aspect i've always wanted to set up a version of imaginary stories in the states okay um, because i feel like they would really benefit from or really appreciate it
2: Um,
1: but so so that would be something i'd like to to do as well it seems like i would have to set up a whole new company in order to operate there Okay. And that's really like a long process.
0: Are you not able to fulfill the American orders from here, like what you do now? I
1: can, but it's quite expensive. Excuse me. Um, yeah, it's not really cost effective okay. for them because the shipping cost to ship a box to America is going on £20. Wow. Which is the cost of my subscription. <laughs> so that means you'll be paying double for your box. Exactly. And in spite of that, I do have some subscribers from the US. Mm. But I just feel like it's too much um, to pay. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'd like to have um, something set up locally there that can be fulfilled um, there. But yeah, so yeah, so those are my plans. One of my plans was to set up the online shop, but I managed to set that up this year. Thank um, So did you like, set that up with Cratejoy? Sorry, to you Oh now. no. Um, oh, so I always had a shop element on Cratejoy. Yeah. Um, but. Create Joy isn't really set up for products. It's a subscription box. So their website doesn't function that well personally um, for an online shop. I just don't like the user interface. It was just a bit um, awkward. So, I, so my shop is with Shopify. Who okay. Who are just the best.
0: I love Shopify.
1: Shopify, is the, the, they're the real MVPs.
0: Honestly. If
1: we had a subscription <laughs> service that worked with my box, I would be there in a heart if they had a create joint on shop shopify that would just be this
0: is what i don't get why have shopify not given us a subscription service yet you have to go for recharge if you're going to install it and and recharge yeah is it bold yeah recharge or bold yeah yeah and i tried when i was setting up my website because my other company bk london that's with shopify so I know it, like, the back of my hand. I love it. So I was like, okay, let me, let me see if I can work with it somehow. And then I installed I don't know if I installed Recharge or Bold, one of them. But it was so hard to use. Like, and just
1: clunky. And it, just, it doesn't even look nice. I think it's, it works really well if you have a shop and yes. you want some individual products to be reoccurring, then yes. it is perfect. Yes. But if your main um, offering is a subscription um it just doesn't really work that well or if you just have one product actually because my my chihuahua box is with bold okay it works well for that because it's yeah. just one one box not too many variants so it's very simple Yeah. Uh, then that can work but once your box starts getting complicated like different age groups you want to do gifting you want to do multi-months um, so far it's
0: like you're asking for too much ah,
1: so <laughs> For too much. Like, out <laughs> Go to Cradle subway. <laughs> we Kray can't deal with this. <laughs> um, yeah, Shopify is not not checking for that. I'm really hoping <laughs> in the near future. I'm I send them numerous appeals and emails and suggestions. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm like, but well, you guys, you can make money through this. Just honestly. The old game.
0: <laughs> i will move over in a heartbeat like i'll stay <laughs> up all night doing <laughs> that integration
1: so so what um so how are you finding subly though because i've always been curious I, I'm, I'm considering leaving great and going to subly
0: so i found it very very easy to use mm-hmm. um the i also built the website on subly mm-hmm. so that wasn't as easy as Shopify. It was more like Wix. I don't know if you've used Wix before. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah, So it's very much like Wix, the way that you build the website. Some things don't move the way you want them to move. And yeah, the mobile, this is what I have a problem with the mobile. Um, what do you call it? The mobile interface Mm. does not look as clean as the desktop Mm.
1: And, and you and can't mobile, edit mobile is the most that's the most
0: important one
1: they're going to be shopping from their phone literally, literally. and you can't edit for
0: mobile which mm. means I can't change it it just automatically does its own thing And so I've had moments where it looks good on the desktop but then when I go to view it for mobile everything is like above yeah. on top of each other so now I have to go back to editing trying to see how I can move this up and down
1: mm. for it to
0: look good in mobile
1: and their customers, because I heard their customer service is, like, really good. So it is good. So they respond to that.
0: It is good, but it's one of those, we're working on it, you know. Oh, my
1: gosh. That's exactly what I'm getting with Create Joy. As far as I'm concerned, that's not great customer service. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it's nice, but it's, like, at least come with this. And this is what I like about Shopify. Is it Shopify or their apps? I don't know, but there just seems to be a culture on the Shopify where if there is something wrong, they will bend over backwards to fix it yeah they'll they'll come up with the code even if it's not there the code that you can use on your store to make it right for you yeah um but with Crate joy it's like pulling teeth yeah
0: Um, i it's because that's so nice that I think a lot of people are still with them because they do respond very, very quickly if they it's can help is. them. Yeah, and sometimes they even say, I can do that for you. So mm-hmm. if I say, I can't work this out, I don't know how I'm doing this. So at least you say, okay, I can do that for you. And then they'll move this and that for you. And they do. Well, it. That's good. So they actually do stuff. Okay. Yeah, so they're really good. And the back end of it, um, so the subscription side, what I don't like, which is probably the same with Cratejoy, is the one-time sell one because it's not integrated to be a shop. You can sell things like a, in their shop, but you can't add variations. You can't add sizes or colors or anything like that. It's literally just that one product. And another thing that I saw the other day, which I didn't like, if you're trying to upsell something when people are checking out, you can't choose different things for them for suggesting them. It's just mm. one thing. You can only suggest just yeah. one thing.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's a bit like ours always suggest different things for different customers, exactly. you know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I think if yeah. you want if you really want to have an online shop um maybe you might need to create a like a shop like just link it to a Shopify site or just pay the extra money. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so much and like i saw such a difference when i shifted to shopify like my sales just exploded. i wasn't even running any ads people were buying because it was easy to buy yeah. because everything is you know clearly outlined clearly displayed it flows seamlessly and then like you said shopify is like they're bending over backwards to help you sell They yeah. suggest things it's yeah. like it's it's just a better like shopping experience yeah we've um, got the shopify app Oh, yeah, yeah, I've got the app. I've been with Shopify for because, a Oh, you have?
0: Oh, yeah, because of Chihuahua, so because Chihuahua Box. So that's another thing.
1: Chihuahua Box <laughs> was my first business. Sorry, we'll go into that one. <laughs> Chihuahua was my first subscription, but I've been selling stuff like. What was, before, the what was before my Chihuahua Box? But yeah, in another life, I used to sell hair extensions. Oh, wow. Natural. Um, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> that was Oh, it. wow. Along like bundles, like weave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like weave, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, and that was fun. That was probably my most lucrative business ever. <laughs> um, But yeah, but no longer. That's in a previous life. <laughs> yeah. So that's
0: what I was going to say that I love about Shopify, that you have the app on your phone and you can see how many visitors, as soon as you get an order, it comes yeah. up on your phone. You can see it. You can see it's so easy so easy, and they're punishing us for not giving us a subscription
1: yeah shopify is like shopify and canva are my two like i love those apps so much it's like they're all and every time i go there there's something new they're always thinking about how to make it better um hopefully we can get a subscription version of that because we really need it we do yeah (laughs) we're pleading help us
0: (laughs) So what advice would you give someone who wants to start a subscription
1: box or is new like me? <laughs> um, I will say um, hang in there. <laughs> hang in there. Cause you will get to a point. Um, you know, you will be like, well, I don't know if you're anything like me anyway, or you start to doubt yourself and you'd be like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. Um, And I would say just um, hang in there. So um, listen to your customers, listen to your subscribers. Definitely, that's the number one thing in any business. Listen to your subscribers and listen listen to what they don't like or the questions that they're asking that you're not already solving and do those things as as much as you can. Um, It will really make a difference. Listening to my subscribers has has led to so many different changes in the boxes I've offered that have really helped the business become like stable, although yeah. it's very hard because you're in, it's like your baby. So you don't, it's very hard to receive criticism. Um, but if you're able to look at it objectively, um, criticism is the best way to improve your business. Um, so I would say that would be my main main tip as an um, persevere, hang in there. Um, what you might perceive as a failure is just you learning how to do things better um take on board suggestions from the people who who know you best your, who are your subscribers um and to inspire and motivate you um i listen to this podcast called how i built this i don't know if me you're too to Kyra. exactly yeah it's one of my I top ones it pom- through with the inspiration like, yeah. i love, there's nothing i love hearing more than somebody who started a business and failed <laughs> and literally, then turn it around the, this I just is find it. It, so, honestly i find it so encouraging like okay this guy did it and he message it's okay to fail it's okay to mess it's okay to not um hit those goals that you thought you, were, you should have hit by whatever time frame you set for yourself it's it's okay to do that what happens it, it, it what what um what's important it's what you then do afterwards do you keep going how do you use that information to better yourself to improve your product to change people's lives and you know in the ashes can come something really beautiful so yeah listening to inspirational people or like, like when i listen to like richard browser how many times he like he started stuff and messed up our fields i I'm love like, his energy so much
0: daily. what am i discovering do, do you know who we can look look up to for messing up and just keep going beyonce beyonce do you, do you remember house of darion
1: house of what sorry darion house of darion what's house of, i don't even you know see? About
0: that that was her first clothing line she came up with oh, house of wow. darion her and her mom it didn't it didn't do well that's what you, that's why you don't even know
1: about it <laughs> you see you see this is the thing like you know people mess up on a daily and it's just don't stay there you know yeah try, just dust yourself off. Yeah, that you know, allow yourself time to grieve. (laughs) (laughs) But don't wallow in the self-pity or the, you know, the defeat, you know, keep going. I think the most successful people in life are not the, they're not the smartest, they're not the richest, you know, they're not the most gifted or the most talented. They're the people that just kept on trying. Mm, They just kept at it. They kept eventually, (laughs) you know, got to be like, let's just help this person <laughs>
0: <laughs> like when is your big break it's coming
1: it's coming exactly <laughs> you're trying we
0: can see it's coming
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah that would be my advice um starting up it's a it's a tough journey it's a no new one being an entrepreneur especially if you're doing it yourself you, you're not um, sharing it with like a business partner like i'm immensely rewarding and fulfilling um so yeah hang in
0: there we'll hang in there (laughs) all right so we're gonna round up and I'd like to ask two questions this is because before I started this podcast I had questions that just kind of like boggled my mind and I didn't know the answer to so I was like you know I'm gonna ask other women what they think so that I can kind of get some clarity so the first one is what does success look like to you
1: I think success for me is i think when i get to a stage where i am thriving in all aspects of my life where i'm not um where i'm thriving i'm not striving i don't know if that mm. makes mm. sense because mm. i feel like i'm currently in this striving stage mm. so where i'm just like i'm calm so business-wise there's a routine to it. It's not as unpredictable. Maybe I have people who are running things, so I just have like an oversight. It's bringing in like a steady, regular income that I can plan with and budget with. Um, when I have enough, when I have a good work-life balance, where I can spend enough time with my family, uh, you know, everything is allocated and orderly. I'm not as chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when I have um when I have I guess financial security as well, I have a range of, you know, diverse investments, passive income. Um, for me, that would be success. When I get to that stage where, you know, I'm I'm relaxed, um, and you know, and I'm and, you know, I'm mentally engaged in things <clears throat> in my business, but it's not you know, the hustle, (laughs) like all the time where I'm juggling so many balls. I feel like at that point, I can say, okay, I'm successful. There isn't a particular like amount, Mm. but you kind of know when you're, when you're, when you're thriving you kind of know yeah when it's like yeah. oh what do i do next <laughs> when yeah. you get to that stage it's like okay for you to know what yeah, that means you're just you to wonder what said. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what do you think
0: the hardest thing is about being an entrepreneur
1: um i think it's just never for me anyway what i'm finding right now is just never being able to switch off I find it very hard to switch off so whereas when i was working um, I had a very demanding career, but I was very able to switch off. Like m- once I left the office, that's it. Of
0: course. Um, you don't care. It's, not, not, it's not, not your company. I
1: don't want to think about it. I'll I start to think about it like Sunday evening when I'm mentally trying to prepare myself for Monday, but I could switch off. But like, like, um, with Imagine Me stories, I can never switch off. I can never not be on. Um, so for me, for me, that is quite, um, challenging. Because I'd like to, um, right now I feel like my life is just like all about this business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to get to the stage where the business is, it has its own portion in my life, mm-hmm. but it doesn't impact on all the other things. I think it's normal when you're just starting off a business. It's like a baby. They're very demanding at first, but as they grow, eventually they're strong enough to on. So it, so it makes sense. yeah. Um, Ironically, I also have a baby right now, <laughs> so, so you got 2, so you're, two you're juggling exactly two babies. Exactly two babies. So I, I totally get it. But then compared to like my four-year-old, who's like a lot more independent, she can dress herself, etc. So she, she's becoming her own person. And then you, then the separation starts to begin. Um, that's so that's the um, I think the most challenging part for me. But I think eventually my hope is that imaginary stories will be imagine me stories will not be the business that Keisha is running where if I sneeze imagine me stories sneezes mm. it, will, <laughs> it will be able to stand um on its own you know you know sadly or not sadly like without me I can some you know something that happens to me and the business will not be affected because it's become its own thing yeah um, yeah so that's the challenging bit and that's that's where I'm hoping to go mm. in the future yeah
0: I think that's that's what I said because I did like a solo episode two episodes ago a few episodes ago and I was saying I asked myself those same questions I've asked you and I said I think success for me is what you just said which is I can take time away from my business and my business will still function
1: Mm. and my business
0: will still run Mm -hmm. and that because right now if I stop the business stops
1: that's it yeah (laughs) So,
0: so when i get to that point where i'm like for a whole month i want to go to zimbabwe or wherever you lot deal and with it that runs
1: by itself yeah. like like clockwork and, yeah and all the processes are documented so anybody can just come in and just hit the the ground running that's the stage ideally that we should be able to get to
0: <laughs> do you think you'll take investment anytime soon I know that I know we've round up. I'm going back.
1: I'm just, okay. I'm
2: just really That's enjoying okay. speaking I, to you. I've thought about
1: investment so much. Um, th- what I don't like about investment is the idea that somebody has, it's not even so much that they have a stake in the company, but that the added pressure of knowing. It just feels for me that um, I escaped <laughs> from nine to five, but with investment, I'm going back to working for somebody, but with none of the benefits and all of the stress. It feels like that because. Um no I would prefer to have maybe like crowdfunding or mm-hmm. a grant mm-hmm. or even a loan mm-hmm. um to your traditional investment, which is like venture capital or somebody taking a stake um in the the company. That scares me so much. And obviously you listen to how I built this, so you know the way it always ends up. <laughs> so I ain't going down that road. <laughs> I Nobody am. Anything positive to say
0: about this. Yeah, I am in the same boat. But um, a few episodes ago, I interviewed Rachel from Afrocentrics, oh, which is Afrocentrics. the natural hair company. Yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, I spoke to, her and so they got an investment of five hundred thousand pounds. Wow. And um, I asked her, "How has life changed since the investment?" She said, "It hasn't." So her and Joycelyn are still the so ones the that make.
1: the So do, are they shareholders? Sorry, not shareholders, but do they have a stake in the? Yeah,
0: yeah. So they did, did a sell a um a some equity. Um, I'm not sure what that amount was, but she said it's still up to her and Joycelyn to make the decisions. So not much has changed. But for me, I'm in the same boat as you. For me, it's, I guess it's 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 kind of bad, but it's accountability. Mm-hmm. you know i left work f- so that i don't get asked what am i doing with my time yeah. and my money
1: yes i don't want you to ask I don't me want that. <laughs> i don't want somebody asking me i don't want to have to give account to anybody i want to do you understand if i'm if i'm making a profit i want to be telling myself that i made a profit if i'm making a loss i want to be telling myself i don't i want that control but i mean steve harvey was saying um <laughs> just if somebody was asking randomly on his show um whether you um you should get investment and he was like yeah you could stay small and just you know therefore from of two grand or 50 grand or whatever but then even if you have like a five percent stake in a 20 million pound investment that's still a lot you know that's a lot so it depends on how you want so i i, I i'm like okay i see what you mean steve but personality-wise, there has to be another it way. It is. A, I think and it's a personality thing. Organically as well. So it's like, what do I do with this investment? There's so many people who they, they get the money too quick before they've sorted out their processes and then they end up crashing and burning um, because it's, it's just money, money, money. And then yeah. I think they maybe they spend it in a silly way or they're not, just not generating enough income. Um, so it can also be detrimental to the business what I would prefer is wisdom I wish there was a reason they could just impart their wisdom to me and say this is what you need to do if they could yeah. invest their time yeah and their mental resources I would prefer that as a an investment not so much um, the, the money because you have the money but it's, it's like unless it's so clear that okay maybe I don't know maybe you're setting up a big manufacturing company and you just do need that cash. I feel like for a subscription box, how much money do you really need? You're not trying to invent a cure for cancer. So what do you really need? An investment of 200K, you know, 500K or whatever. If what you need is a small amount, surely there are other avenues that are more reasonable or accessible to get that giving somebody a stake in your business. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are maybe probably very
0: naive. <laughs> I, I think, it really, right I think it's, it really is a personality thing. You have, I'm going to give two examples. They're very bad examples. And I know there are to you and I's advantage because we have this mindset. Um, if you listen to How I Built This, you, you will hear there's an episode with a guy that started JetBlue Airlines. Okay. And he ended up getting bought out. So he lost his company. He started this airline company and he lost it. He lost everything. So he doesn't even have it now. He's in Brazil trying to start a new airline oh because he took investment. And,
1: and there's then, so many like that.
0: Yeah. And then you have Sarah Blakely who started Spanx and mm-hmm. she'll tell you, she's also yeah. on How I Built This, she'll tell you yeah. that she'd never absolutely. got any investment. Yeah. And Spanx is like the big, one of the biggest Honestly, She's a billionaire.
1: Absolutely. So it can be done without the investment. I um, feel like it's harder it's harder for you to to do it without the investment, but, but you build. I think you build a better quality. I don't know because you have to struggle so much. If when your business, if and when your business now makes it, I think it's just better positioned to do well um, than if you initially threw the money. I it depends on the business you have, I guess, and, and, and the need for the the investment. Some yeah. some some businesses you just literally can't do. Yourself, yeah. Um, so it depends on the need, but I guess what the kind of businesses we're running, I don't really think we need investment so much as um strategically positioning ourselves, and, and then I think we just need wisdom and guidance.
0: Where can people reach you?
1: Oh, okay, so um, website imaginemestories.com, and then on Facebook and Instagram, we're at Imagine Me Stories, and on Twitter, we're at imagine me box because imagine me stories is too many characters for a twitter handle ah okay
0: So yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone should go and subscribe for a box. um I have enjoyed speaking with you. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for doing this. um As you know, I reached out to you when I first found out about you, and I was just like, I'm just reaching out to tell you that I think you're doing amazing. I don't know if you remember. Thank
1: you so much. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you. Thank you. I really, I really enjoyed being on this podcast. Such an honor. So yeah, there's been fun getting to know about you melody box, and yeah, I can't wait to see you know where it goes
0: oh Uh, me too and i can't wait i can't wait for your 2021 plans (laughs) that was episode six of who moved my bag in with keisha founder of imaginary stories i hope you enjoyed the episode as much as i enjoyed speaking to keisha as you could tell the episode took longer than we both anticipated there was just so much information that Keisha had to impart on me as a new subscription box owner so in the words of Keisha keep going keep going keep going I'll see you next week on Who Move My Back In